What's up, Calvary Cast listeners? Coming at you today, episode one, two, three. It's kind of fun. Add those up. In uh, a lot of episodes, we'll be able to say episode one, two, three, four. Wow. That would be a lot. That's a thousand. <laughs> See, I'm a mathematician too, but wow, that's a thousand and one episodes. Taken us almost five years. I know. There's no way that it's not even like <laughs> we'll we're just dead. we'll be dead by then. Obviously. I mean, so I guess we unless go. we made this a full time gig. Like we have every the podcast day. like every day. Right. We just come in, do Monday through Friday. We just podcast every day for several hours, bring on different guests, and I couldn't do it. And then they'd fire us because that's not what they're paying us to do. <laughs> they're like, your sermons are terrible. And what songs are you singing? Yeah, you but we've really worked on that. On the podcast. podcast. Yeah, you don't have any listeners because you podcast too much and people don't want to. That's uh, true. That's so, true. Anyway, we won't do that. It's still playing the song and I don't want to be playing the song. So I'm going to shut that down. There you go. A little bit of in podcast editing. We could, we just had a riveting conversation. About mm. another topic, which we probably won't ever do a podcast on. But probably uh, not. if we were doing a podcast every day, we would do that, mm-hmm. and we would talk really animatedly mm-hmm. about things which we don't have. At least me, I don't have as much experience in that as you do. Mm-hmm. But we have really strong opinions on it and hot takes and things like that. That's what you have to do. There are a few topics like that that either I or you or whatever are probably more passionate about. Mm-hmm. Social topics, some of them, that's one we were talking about, mm-hmm. but how it applied in the Bible and mm-hmm. different things. So I just have certain things about that, that I, when I hear about things, I'm, my radar immediately goes up. Oh, now you're referencing our topic, yes. but you're speaking about it in covert terms. Yeah. We so better tell everybody. It was just on a book about criminal reforming justice. the criminal justice system Written by a Christian man and uh, being recommended. But you don't know anything about it other than that p- organizations that you're not a huge fan of liked it. Yeah, and as soon as I saw that, that's then you're red like flag, bad. or at least a yellow flag. Yellow. A yellow flag goes up, and I'm like, okay, uh, caution here. And, and I, I've just listened to an interview. interview. And then you were explaining a few explain. things, and I said, like. let me tell you why he's wrong, <laughs> and why I should have been the one to write the book. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, we don't got time for that. All right, episode 123. There's a little bit of banter for you. Merry Christmas to everybody, by the way. This will be coming out today, which is five days till Christmas, as my son informed me this morning. And we don't have a Christmas episode lined up, but this is it. Yeah, it, this is kind of different for Christmas, isn't This is it? actually more New Year's oriented right. in some ways. Because we're talking about Christmas, Christmas Eve is what, four days from right now? Three days? Four days. Today's the 20th. Think about that. And we're doing... Not an episode of Not even, Christmas. you know, I suppose I'll th- we can throw something in the end, like the what he talks about at the end of the book. So we're talking about Haggy. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. of the day. Uh, thank you, AI. We can't do things out of order here. Okay, you okay. jump in the gum, gun a little bit. People have told me they like the transitions. Oh, okay. Those it helps them. It helps, helps them. them transition. We are talking about Haggai. Haggai. <laughs> Haggai. It sounds like a, a samurai. Haggai. <laughs> See, I grew up calling it Haggai. We were just talking about we're that. Just talking about Haggai, this. I want to remember. Uh, memorizing the Bible and the little song, Haggai, Zechariah. Oh, okay. So we just taught the kids a new version because i couldn't remember the one that i learned as a kid mm-hmm. now i got the yeah and you say hey guy in the song 
Do you? Yep. Okay, see? I've said it wrong, but it is Haggai. Mm-hmm. Haggai. <laughs> Haggai, not Haggai like you just taught everybody on Sunday night. I know. I'm always still probably going to slip out Haggai in my preaching career here because I just grew up saying Haggai. But um, the A is before the I, and we even looked it up Hebrew. Okay, I looked it up in the Hebrew, and it's clearly Haggai. Anyway, uh, this is kind of a a conversation Mm -hmm. with the prophet Haggai. could, Could we frame it that way? We could. A conversation with the prophet Haggai about a rightly ordered life is what I'm going to call this. Okay. Do you think that's a good thing? That could be an application of this, I think, yes. Should we haven't I, talked about that before him, but... Well, I did, but you weren't listening. Oh. I, I told you earlier. That too. happens quite often. I apologize. <laughs> I just get used to it. I don't hold it against you. Just let, My family, though, just know you're not the only one. They oh, say I know. the same thing. I know. Many people, many people. Many people say that. Uh, I could read the text you sent me the other day when I said, what are we going to podcast about? Oh, boy. The, the one I spoke and didn't <laughs> type, and so it was all this weird oh, stuff. Oh, man. Uh, it's uh, improperly punctuated and wrong words. Instead of repenting, it's repainting. My my text message was speaking in tongues. And that's how you send all your texts, is I know. voice texts. And every, so people in our church are like, what is he saying? But usually I double check it. That time I didn't, because I was doing something else, and so I just hit send. I and uh, usually of, I try to double check. Sort of did that. But anyway, why are we having a conversation with the prophet Haggai? Well, uh, a couple of reasons. One was that um, on Sunday evenings... Yep. With the Sunday evening class that I'm teaching, we've been teaching on Ezra. And um, in chapter 5, Haggai and Zechariah appear as far mm-hmm. as you they, they you just see in chapter 5 of Ezra that the, the word of the Lord uh, came to those people that were back to rebuild the temple through Haggai and Zechariah. Mm-hmm. And so the class we went through for two weeks, we went through Haggai 1, and Haggai too, hmm. and um, and then you and I were talking about it, and we were talking about some of the principles that came out of here or applications. Yeah, and like well, I'll speak good for everybody here. Yep, so that's everybody that listens to our podcast anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, that's what we're gonna do. We're talking about Haggai, real long book, real long, two chapters, two chapters, two chapters. Should we give a little bit of for the people that have not been yes. in the Sunday evening yes. class, which yeah. is. Probably the majority of people listening, actually. Uh, the vast majority of the people <laughs> listening. <laughs> so let's let's just give a little bit of a historical context for the prophet Haggai. Right. Okay, so we're in the um, uh, post-exilic time of the Bible to talk about. So if What's we remember the exile? Right, so if we remember right, um, Israel uh, collectively had rebelled against God. God would send them prophets. They refused to repent. Uh, the nations divided. Northern tribes eventually were invaded by Israel or yep. uh, by Assyria. The division happens after Solomon with right. his son Rehoboam. The southern tribes of uh, Judah and Benjamin with Jerusalem down there hung on a little longer. Quite a bit longer. But eventually Babylon was used of the, of the Lord uh, and Nebuchadnezzar to come in there uh, and export the people from the yep. land, bring them to Babylon, and uh, the temple was destroyed at that point. You read that at the end of Second Kings. Yep, and the wall was broken down and such. But God promised through prophet Jeremiah that he would bring his people back to the land. Mm-hmm. 
and um, under Cyrus, mm-hmm. uh, the emperor of the Persian Empire, uh, he did that, and he sent his people back, and uh, they were to go back and rebuild the temple, and then eventually in Nehemiah, you get the rebuilding of the wall, and the whole point of it is, uh, and as we're analyzing it, it was the people in the place there at Jerusalem and the people being prepared for the Messiah to come. Yeah. There's our Christmas There's our tie-in right yep, there, right? Yep. Well, that's the, you're saying the point of the book of Haggai and the building of the temple. Yeah. Well, and Ezra and Nehemiah, yes, that yes. point is they were supposed to come back, rebuild the temple, the city. You had the priests coming back in, the order of the scribes mm-hmm. begin, um, and it starts becoming a functioning place and the people uh, the Jewish people over time over the 400 or so years between the end of the Old Testament and, and Christ's arrival more kept coming into the area and the land and it's being re-inhabited again by Jewish people and that's all in preparation for uh, God's promises being fulfilled mm-hmm. to send his Messiah that's what we see happening mm-hmm. in that time period but when they first got back, they were there uh, for a number of months, began rebuilding. And the people who were living in those northern tribe areas were non-Jewish people, or some of them were mixed Jewish people. Well, because right? what had happened was a lot of the land had been repopulated yeah. by the conquering armies, the nations. Assyrians, yeah. And so they brought in non-Jews that were a, a thorn in the side of the Jews. And they become what we know in the New Testament as the Samaritans. Yep. But anyway, they started harassing the Jews about this rebuilding project, and eventually uh, they continued uh, harassing them until the Jews who were there stopped rebuilding yeah. the temple. That went on for about 16 years, and then it says that the Lord sent in uh, Haggai and Zechariah. Mm-hmm. They begin speaking to the people from the Lord, mm-hmm. and that stirs the people back up again, and they got back rebuilding. Yeah. So that's kind of the context of Haggai and Zechariah, yeah. getting the people back to doing the kingdom work they were sent back there to do, encouraging them, supporting them, and so that's what, what you have yeah. for the context. And Haggai and Zechariah would be contemporaries, right? They're prophesying at the same time. And Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi are the only three post-exilic prophets, because that exile is such a mm-hmm. major uh, moment in Israel's history. Yes. So it's important to understand that in the, the life of the nation. Yeah. So Haggai is really easy to break up, I mean, an outline, honestly. Chapter 1 is all the first sermon. Most commentators will call it a sermon that's coming from the Lord, you know, through Haggai, they're dated, mm-hmm. you know, so in yep. verse one, in the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. And then in chapters two, you have the same pattern, and there's three messages in two, verses one through nine, verses 10 through uh, 19, and then verses 20 through 23. Your outline is the exact same as mine. Amazing. Amazing. It's because there's really no, no other, other way, way to outline, outline the book. <laughs> <laughs> there's no debate on it at I all. I pulled out my is... outline from when I taught through this in the Old Testament survey, and that's what it was. Yep. So, good. So that's a context, and that's kind of yep. the outline of the book. And we just thought it would be helpful to talk about some of the... Maybe just have a discussion, yeah. really, yep. about um, 
some of the themes in here. Some of the themes. We ourselves don't have an outline on this, but we wanted to talk about some of the things that stand out to us about this yes. book. Well, let's start with the problem, right? Which you read about in verse 2 where he says, uh, the, the people, uh, I'll read it here. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord, right? So the right. Lord is speaking through Haggai, and he is he is interp- he, he is saying what the, the Jews back in the land are saying. That's right. The, which is kind of interesting because um, this is the time for them to rebuild because right. this is what they were there for. This is, they've been brought back for this they purpose. They had one purpose, right, to, to come back and rebuild. But that's what they're saying, which kind of shows um, in that 16 years of them quitting, uh, there was discussion on this. Hmm. And the people would say, well, it's not time right now. Yeah. And... Part of that, again, we, we had that opposition happening, and opposition sometimes can be used of the enemy to get people to God's people to stop doing what they're supposed to mm-hmm. do. But then we learn a little more in this sermon that God points out of the real problem of why they're not rebuilding. Uh, so I think you'd see some of this in verse 4, right? Is it a t- of chapter 1? Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, an interesting phrase, which is used a couple of times. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does does so to put them into a bag with holes. Yeah. So clearly the Lord doesn't want Christians paneling their houses. (laughs) Wallpaper is in. Thankfully, paneling went away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not in style anymore. But um, no, it's the idea. Of course, it's very clear to see. They were more concerned about um, working on their own homes. Verse 9, my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. So these people quit in part because they were being you know, opposed, but ultimately you see that they were very willing to cooperate with that opposition because then they could focus on their own priorities Mm -hmm. and their own, uh, things that, you know, for their own kingdom, so to speak, and their own home when, when they were supposed to be working on God's house, they were supposed to be giving themselves to the temple and the Lord here was frustrating everything they were doing and they weren't seeing that it was this frustration was coming from the Lord. In other words, he was hindering what they were trying to do and not blessing them. Right. And um, so the main theme of that, right, comes out and says... Do the right thing. Do the right... Do, yeah. do put... Make God's kingdom your priority right. in life. Well, and and to go along with the, the first statement, the, the problem that the people are saying, well, it's just not the right time. Hmm. I think when the Lord is coming in and he's, he's making this assessment this, this, um, yeah, of their situation. Well, you're saying it's not the right time because you're invested in other things. That's you're saying right. it is time though, for me to build my house. Right. And there is a reality that if we always continue doing those things, which we think it's time for, we'll mm-hmm. never make time for the things the Lord actually yeah. is doing. We'll, we'll make excuses. Yes. So we can fill our life with lots of time wasters yep. or things that might not even be time wasters, but they're not time priorities. Mm-hmm. We fill our lives with those things, and then we'll say that, well, I don't have time to do this ministry, or I don't have time to do that thing. And and sometimes, you know, how many people connected to, to local churches 
have giftings they don't even use in the church or talents or resources that could be used in the ministry to God's people or into outreach or different things. And they're saying, well, I just don't have time for those things, but yet we have time for everything else. Yeah, and, and just in even to take it even a step closer, even more than even just even your local church, right? Like time for your own spiritual right. uh, devotion, time yeah. to lead your family in the worship of God and things like that. So yeah. so I think, yeah, if we were going to make a, an application from the beginning, right? Yep. It's there. It is time now <laughs> yes. to build the house of the Lord. Right. Um, it's always time. It's to do always the time. Lord. It's always time to make the kingdom of God your priority. Jesus yeah. said it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Hmm. You know, and I like though what you said about even in our own private life of devotion mm-hmm. and worship. It's one of the biggest excuses. I don't have time to read my mm-hmm. Bible. I don't have time to pray. And yet I bet if you just sat down one day and wrote out the time you give to various things during the day, mm-hmm. you would probably find places where you could obey Paul's admonition to redeem the time, mm-hmm. buy back the time, mm-hmm. and apply it into what you really should be doing. I think we could all find those things. Yeah. Well, and, and okay, I'm going to add one more thing on this, because we're talking about very specific uses of time in terms of like time in God's Word time in serving God's people and things like that. But I'm also going to say like the time of your life, that's right. one life to live right, good. are the things that you're giving for, right? Are you living with the reality that it is all your life is about building the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. right? Are you, the decisions you make, the, the jobs you take, the way you raise your children and interact with your spouse mm-hmm. and work at your job, all of those things. Do those reflect like now my values, my priorities are kingdom priorities? That's eternal. good. Yeah, that's right. And then in the rest of the chapter, like what, 12 through 15, yep. the heading in the Bible, which is a good heading, is the people obey the Lord. At least in the ESV. One of the things that I brought out when we looked at Ezra chapter 5 is that, you know, um, God used his word to stir up the people. Mm hmm. Um, and it says in Ezra 5, 1, it says, Now the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Ido, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. And immediately what you see then is their response of obedience. Mm. And that's being brought out as well in Haggai chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. They got this message from the Lord. The Lord used it to stir up their hearts, and they began doing what they're supposed to do. Mm. It is interesting how the Word of God works that way yeah. for us. Okay, so we Christians listening would agree the Word of God brings about this response and this obedience, mm-hmm. but then, okay, like we need to place ourselves under it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> under its authority, we need to be taught from it, and again, this goes back to what we were saying earlier, make it a priority we, we all, I would hope the people that are listening to this would agree, like, we want to be about the work of the kingdom. Well, then, like, place yourself under the authority of God's Word. That's right. And, well, in, in Ezra chapter 6, uh, when it brings it to the point where they finish the temple, mm-hmm. and it says in verse 14, the elders of the Jews built and prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah. 
in other words, they the picture was that they were there continuously encouraging the people. Yeah. That was their role. Haggai and Zechariah knew that. That was their role. To, the Lord's word was coming through them. They were teaching. They were they were edifying the people, encouraging them, and the people were able to finish their task. And I thought of a connection with that when I was teaching through it with Ephesians 4. <laughs> I was that, just thinking the same thing. Yeah, so Jesus gives gifted people to his church like shepherd teachers, and they're to be equipping the saints for the work of ministry. But you have to buy into that yes. as an everyday Christian. Yep. You have to say, okay, God uses the teaching of his word and the preaching of his word to equip me to do what I'm supposed to do, yep. to stir up my heart to do it, to bring repentance where I'm not, yep. and then just building me up in and equipping me to do what he's called me to do. Right. You have to buy into that, and the reason I say you got to buy into it because you got to show up. Yep. Well, it. and 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 going on in Ephesians four, it's the preaching and teaching of the word, and then we become ministers of the word one to another as well, which is which is just as important. And with this, I think goes back to the buy-in piece. There's an element where where we have to we buy into the notion that the time is to be building our own houses, paneling them mm-hmm. and doing all those things. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to, no, we buy in, it's about the kingdom of God, building that, giving my life, investing towards that. Therefore, yeah. I'm going to submit myself to the word of God. Yeah. To the word of God. And then that's daily in your life when, you know, you're, you're giving yourself to, uh, you know, putting yourself in a position every day when you read the word of, the Lord being able to encourage and equip you through yes. his word and stuff. But also then each Sunday with his people, um, you're putting yourself in that position where they can, where you can be, um, the word can be working in your heart in proper ways and, yeah. and encouraging you and such. So, so there's encouragement from the word, which brings about this uh, build, rebuilding. They start doing what they're supposed to be. But then... So I'm going to bring out verses three and four of chapter two. There's immediately a discouragement that comes mm-hmm. because they're building the temple. It's smaller. It wasn't as grand as Solomon's. And so in verses three and four, uh, the question's asked, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it n- not as nothing in your eyes? They're like, this is really small right. <laughs> and insignificant, and they're discouraged. Yeah, some of the older folks, he's asking that in the question, who, who saw the first house or right. the one before this? In other words, he's he's talking about Solomon's temple, yes, which would have been spectacular and phenomenal. Yep, um, Solomon had a lot of resources that this new group over there had yeah. didn't have, no, and it would have been he God answers his own question. You know, how do you view it now? Is it not as nothing in your eye, your eyes? In other words, as the the older folks that were seeing this new enterprise were probably discouraged. Yep, and. You know, I told the again the Sunday night class like maybe there was God heading off at the past a little negative Nellyism yeah. there <laughs> because uh, they're going to poison the well of all yeah. the enthusiasm of the younger people that are doing this and they're like this is this one, all right this is fine but it ain't nothing like the good old days you know or whatever and so it could be some of that but honestly I think he just wanted to encourage them yeah to not be discouraged right. God goes down he says in. Um, Verse 8, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. If I wanted this project to be like Solomon's, I'd provide it mm, for you. Yep. You know, nothing's stopping me from doing that. I have another purpose. Yes. And he says, actually, 
the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. Mm. So whatever we had with Solomon's, something greater's coming in this temple yep. that wasn't there. And I think that's primarily, if yep. not exclusively, yes. Christ. Yep. The glory of Christ comes yep. to this new temple that is being built. Well, and then and not only is the there to be encouragement in terms of what the house this temple will be used for, mm-hmm. which again they they're not going to see that. None of these people will right. live to see the glory of right. Christ coming to this temple. Yep. But he encourages them in verses uh, 4 and 5. You know, He says, uh, verse 4, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of, the, came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. So yeah. he's... He's encouraging them. I'm with you. Right. I'm not disappointed by this house. Yeah, you know, my spirit remains, and also that covenantal aspect. I've not forsaken the covenant right. I made with yeah. you. Remember what I brought you out of Egypt? Yeah, he brings them back to Egypt and the covenant he made yep. with them. So I think there's crazy. some thing like one thing I brought up out of this was the idea that was probably more for me than than them, but like for pastors, especially like ministry comparison. Yeah, <laughs> because if you're thinking. Um, you know, I can remember going to uh, the Shepherds Conference out at, at Grace Community Church, and you see MacArthur's campus. They got a campus. We don't have a campus, right? We got we, a, we have seven acres. We have a campus, yeah, seven acres of a field, and then you know our the building. building. It's a, the, we have two it's, buildings. It's the, a campus, right? It's be a great building. Yeah. And and hear me right on this. Word. But you it's go just, out there, and this is quite something. Yeah. You know, it's and that's different. a church, and yeah. there's all the. I went into this one big big room with all their resources, their, their books and their study, they all coming out of this church essentially. And you really, as a pastor, you got to be careful with that because you're thinking, I go back to my small church, you know, and in Grand Junction or whatever, and I have no international radio program. And you got, wait a minute. We do have an international radio. Oh yeah, that's right. We've got our podcast now. That's right. But you're just thinking to yourself, you could think to yourself, yeah. "What am I accomplishing anything yep. here?" Yeah, and 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 to read this paragraph to say to, just like he said to them, "I'm with you. Work, mm-hmm. be strong." Like, and you don't the, the the things that'll come out of this, the eternal fruit that comes out of this ministry, you may never see, but I'm working in and through it. My purposes, my kingdom plans, and um, it's all a small component of working towards the kingdom to come, which yeah. is what um, the Lord starts talking about through Haggai, that that kingdom to come, where he says in verse 6, For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord. The author to the Hebrews in chapter 12 quotes that passage, referring to a time yet to come when the kingdom comes. Mm-hmm. And what the Lord Jesus will do, King Jesus does as he comes and establishes his kingdom, he says, that's why we're grateful for having a kingdom that can't be shaken. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make one other application from this uh, about people that are discouraged by work. So they're discouraged by the temple being small, the Lord saying, I'm with you. But make it, uh, I think, in, in people's personal lives. 
when we think about sanctification, growth and holiness, godliness, fighting sin, we can become very discouraged, mm-hmm. especially as we fight repeat sins. Wow. Yeah, that's good. And we think like, ah, oh, man, I'm not growing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. the Lord has surely forsaken me because I've done the same thing time and time and time again. And right. I think like the application here is the Lord is working mm. and you may not see growth and progress in your life the way you want to. Right. But if you're you know, living a lifestyle of repentance, you're in God's Word, you're seeking change and growth and all that, be encouraged by that, right? Yeah. And other people will see that, and yeah. they can encourage you in the same way. But you And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Yeah. and the latter glory of that temple shall <laughs> yeah. be greater than the there former you go. one day. He's yep. going to complete that work that yep. he's begun in you. Yep, so I think there's an encouragement there, just in personal in our personal lives and growth and holiness, be strong. Continue to do the work. That's right. right. Continue to fight your sin and pursue holiness and righteousness because the Lord's with you. You have the Spirit of God empowering you and enabling you yeah. to continue to do that work, and He's going to produce uh, His fruit in you. And one more thing on that, I it just dawned on me. Be cautious of ministry comparison when you have been a part of a ministry at one time where you just thought everything that was going on there was mm. awesome and maybe it was from the lord and vibrancy and stuff and then and then you're in a you find yourself in another church like ours or whatever and it's just not <laughs> it's just not what you had before yeah but that's what god was doing there yep. and he had his purposes in it and this is what god is doing here mm-hmm. and you can't manufacture those yeah. things no nope. And if the Lord wanted what was happening there to be happening now mm-hmm. in those glory days transferred here, he would, yep. right? So just a little thought. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, okay, last thing, and I th- this is what I think is is kind of an interesting, because so he gets to the end of the book, and there's this whole discussion about defiling, about laws and cleanliness and all this kind of stuff. To the priests specifically, right? right? Do you want to... Verses 10 through 19, yeah. Yeah. What's happening in that passage? Yeah, so he asks the priests, you know, um, he's specifically speaking to them, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the food of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priests answered and said no. Sometimes when the priests were working around the temple and they would have the holy meat within their, they would fold up their garment, you know, and carry it around. Meaning like meat that was set aside for a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. and and now if it touched something else, does it make it holy? And they would say, well, no. But then they said, well, if someone, uh, what the question came out, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? And they knew according to law, it does become unclean. This, this is going back to all the Levitical laws about clean and unclean. Yeah, and, and really God's point is getting to say, Holiness is not contagious in that sense. Mm. Unholiness is. Yeah. And he says, so it is with these people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands, what they offer there is unclean because they're unclean. Mm. So they were not, it appears as though, and he doesn't, it, it could be connected to the fact that they just weren't building, but it also is probably more connected to sins. Yeah. And they were not living holy lives as they were supposed mm. to, right? And so he's calling them out on that. And even their holiness is actually defiling mm. any worship that is going on. Mm. They did have the altar. They had built the altar in, in the earlier chapters of Ezra. Perhaps sacrifices going on, those things. But it was not acceptable to God because it was 
unholy. Well, how many times in the Old Testament do you see where the Lord says, you know, you're going through the motions of sacrifices and you're offering them according to the law, but your hearts are far from me. That's right. And I find those things to be an abomination. It actually defiles the worship. Yes. Right? So so then he says, um, now then consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fear? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight, with mildew, and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. In other words, he's saying, I was disciplining you, much like we read about in 1 Corinthians 11. Those people were defiling the Lord's table, right, Mm -hmm. by by getting drunk while taking the Lord's Supper and despising poor people. And it it was a defiling. It was unholiness. The church was doing this together, and and God said, this is why some of you are ill and sick, and some have even died. I've been trying to, quote-unquote, get your attention Mm. through your frustrating labors Mm. and through the things that I've uh, struck you with, like blight and mildew and hail, etc., but you still didn't turn to me. But now there's something that had happened. They had repented. And so now he's saying from this day on, he ends that section in verse 19, from this day on, I will bless you. And the idea is because you've repented, Mm. now you're going to experience and you're being holy in whatever they were doing Mm. unholy. Now I'll bless you. God can't bless unholiness, right? Right. So, so now that they've repented, he's he's blessing them. Mm-hmm. That is just him, on the one hand, pointing out what their where their sin lie, lay, laid, but then he's saying, now that you've repented, how do I respond? Grace and blessing. Mm-hmm. So that teaches us in many ways, like if you're sit, if you if you're convicted. In, in a message, or you're convicted in reading the Word, or, you know, the Spirit convicting you of a sin, there is a discouragement that sets in with that. Right. But you need to know that if you repent and start doing right, mm. that that's what God's looking for. Right. So if you begin doing that, then He's going to bless you. You can have been messing up for years like yeah. these people had been, and now they've repented. Okay, we're back to work, and we're taking our holiness seriously. Yeah. Now God says, from this day on, I'll bless you. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's like a lack with these people, there is a lack of repentance and a lack of holiness, and that impeded the work that they were trying to do. That's right. And I think the same thing is true for us, right? <laughs> like a lack of concern for personal holiness, for dealing with our mm. sin, for repentance impedes the work of the Lord. You know, and that doesn't, a Christian shouldn't hear that in terms of a, you know, you're going to lose your salvation. Right. But like we've talked about many times, the joy of your salvation yeah. is gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In many ways, if you're, if you're not concerned for holiness and pursuing it. Um, and oftentimes, you know, if a worship becomes, you know, corporate worship or private worship becomes dull to a person mm-hmm. or, you know, they're just not interested in it as much, but they go through the rituals, but I'm not getting anything out of the service or you know, whatever. There are times when I think a person that would say that needs to ask a question, am I pursuing holiness? Mm-hmm. Because I should be being blessed in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not every single time, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. People can fall in these long-term ruts of like, I- I'm just not getting anything out of service. I'm not getting anything out of Bible reading. Mm-hmm. They'll almost quit. Mm-hmm. And it could be a direct mm-hmm. correlation or connection to 
unholiness because God can't bless unholiness. I'm going to add one thing on this, this thought of pursuing holiness. The Bible speaks and calls us to holiness in every area of life. And I think that oftentimes what happens is we think about, we kind of, we, we, there's a dichotomy in our minds between the Christian life and the rest of life, and the Bible speaks to certain things and not to certain things. And so I can pursue holiness in certain things that the Bible's really clear on, like I won't commit sexual immorality or get drunk or things like that. But then there are other areas of our lives we just kind of let, or we actually just follow the course of the world mm-hmm. in many ways. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is, maybe sometimes an examination of our lives is there are areas where we're not holy that we're not considering you know, and ask the Lord, honestly, like, search me, like, what areas of my life? And maybe it goes back to the paneling of the houses, mm-hmm. right? The things we're just pursuing in life that aren't necessarily sin in themselves. Right. But they're just the wrong things. That's right. And we've lost, uh, we're not holy in that way. That's right. So yeah. ask the Lord to reveal those things to you. Yeah. And then in verses 20 to 20, um, 22, 3, 23, is a closing uh, promise of the kingdom. It's a kingdom mm-hmm. promise. And he says, the word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai, Haggai <laughs> on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And then the horses and their riders shall go down, everyone by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Zerubbabel was from the line of David. Uh, He was not king at this time because they had no king there anymore. They weren't allowed to. He was governor, though, and leading over the the returned exiles. And here when we hear this kind of language, you know, overthrow the throne of kingdoms, overthrow the nations, the chariots, etc., that is a picture of the conquering kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that that's what was promised. Even in Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, there's going to be a come a kingdom that's going to destroy all the other kingdoms, yep. make them like dust that blows away in the wind, and that kingdom will be without end. And mm-hmm. um, and I think that what's happening here is he's really just encouraging again Zerubbabel specifically as their governor and leader of like his future kingdom promises that'll even come from Zerubbabel because Zerubbabel is named in Matthew yeah, 1 as... I was just going to pull that up. Yeah, as... Uh, a, a, a descendant of David. Yeah, a descendant of David and... Uh, Jesus descends Jesus, from him. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Matthew descends from him. 1, verse 12, right? After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah with his father Shealtiel, Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Mm-hmm. So there's a Christmas connection right there. Yeah. Yeah, there is this... Uh, well, and, and an encouragement to Zerubbabel... But also this encouragement to everybody else in the nation of Israel, Lord's not forsaken his promises. He's not yeah. forsaken his promise to, ha- uh, right. to David in the Davidic covenant to establish a king who will sit on that throne forever. Just think about it, them in that situation in the, the wall at this point still broken down. Everything's kind of a disaster there. It's just a, a, a small group of people trying to rebuild this temple. And Zerubbabel himself thinking, are these Davidic? promises <laughs> yeah. ever going to be fulfilled. Where's right. the kingdom? Yeah. And God's reminding him, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christ coming brings the the one of the fulfillments of that on yep. his first coming and brings those kingdom promises uh, to a new meaning and a new level. Mm-hmm. And then they will 
fully come again as we looked at in our Sunday yeah. morning service last week. And again, like that was believed by faith, right? Because Zerubbabel right. never saw it. Yeah. You know, and even after the temple is rebuilt, I mean, it's just, well, you have 400 years of silence, <laughs> largely. There's no prophetic word. They're going, where are these promises? Never saw it, but yet they believed it by faith. And so I think even for, for us, like, there are people that are experiencing uh, times where, like, <laughs> the walls of their life are broken down and mm. and uh, different things like that. And so, again, we live by faith. We take we live by faith in the promises of God. Yeah. Good. Anything Good. else on that? No, I think that's it. Cool. Well, we, uh, we thank you for listening, our loyal listeners. We pray this uh, conversation has been helpful for you, for those who especially are part of Calvary Bible Church, but also for those who are outside of our church and serving in whatever uh, local church the Lord has placed you in. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, consider giving us a rating and a review. I hear on other podcasts that, and they always say it helps us. I don't know if it will really help us or not, but... If you like it, consider doing it. Uh, We love the interaction we get with our listeners. So let us know what you think about the show. Send us topics to discuss ideas uh, for, for the podcast. You can get a hold of us if you're a part of the church. Very simply, you can come up and talk to us. You can give us a call or a text. Otherwise, you can send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. Follow us on the socials, Twitter, or X and Instagram, we are at the Calvary Cast. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.